All right, boys and girls, who can remind me what was the two things that I asked you for this morning? I need them back again. You had them for this afternoon, but I need them again. Yep. Your ears is one of them. I need you to listen. And do you remember the other one? Your hands. Because I need you to answer questions, all right? I need one more thing from you. And usually people won't really ask this of you, but I'm going to, all right? And I don't even know if I can, but what are these here? I'm going to fall off the pulpit. Who can tell me? Yeah. Yes, your legs. I need your legs as well, all right? And I'm going to give you an extra bit of incentive, okay? I had maybe, what we say, three or four of you answering questions this morning. I want to get more of you answering questions tonight, all right? So to incentivize you, I've brought my lunch money for tomorrow, okay? I'm going to give a pound for every question that you're able to get right, apart from yes and no answers, all right? Because if that was the case, I'd be all out of pocket this evening, all right? So I've got a pound for everyone who can answer some of my questions tonight. So that gives you a wee bit of extra incentive. So I'm not going to ask someone the same question twice, or I'm not going to ask someone to answer a question if they already have, all right? So a wee bit of extra incentive. I know it's not much these days, but a pound can still get you a wee packet of sweets. A wee packet of sweets. They say in Balamone, it's hard to beat. All right? It's like a drum with no sides. It's hard to beat. So this evening we want to go back about 4,300 and 50 years. 4,350 years. Do you know anybody that's that age, boys and girls? No? Do you think anyone in Market Hill's that age? No, I don't think there is anyone alive. There isn't anyone alive that age. Does anyone know where we might read from the very start? Does anyone know where we read about the beginnings of this world? Yeah? Genesis. Very good. You can use your feet. That was the first answer. It wasn't a yes or no answer, so... Going to need you to use your feet to come up, because if I come up and down, I'll be out of puff, and I'll not be able to finish this message. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well done. Need to remember that you've answered now. Genesis is where we will be learning from, and we're coming to Genesis chapter six. All right, and in Genesis chapter six, we read that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Who can tell me? The fall of man, or what I say, never mind, who can tell me, as I say, I'm going to ask all these questions and I'm going to run out of money very quickly. The fall of man came, boys and girls, in Genesis chapter 3. And sin was brought into this world. Because man rebelled against God, because man didn't obey what God had for him, he disobeyed God, sin entered into our heart, and sin broke this world. Okay? And now in Genesis chapter 6, we are told in verse 5 that God saw all this wickedness. He saw all of this sin. And he saw that it was great on the earth. Do you think that that sin made God feel very good? Do you think that God seeing all that sin and all of that wickedness made him feel good? No, it didn't. Boys and girls, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 6 that it grieved God in his heart. When he saw all of the wickedness, when he saw all of the sin in this world, God was grieved. He was saddened in his heart. And so God was going to judge the world. He was going to punish the world for their sin by sending a flood. Now, do you think that when God looks on this world today, do you think he sees something different now today? Do you think he sees anything different than what he saw back in Noah's day? No? No. Why? Because as we were reminded this morning... We have all sinned. Everyone in this world has sin in their hearts and we all commit sin every day. And so when God now looks on this world, he still sees 
that there's sin in this world. But we read of a very special person in this chapter, and I don't know, I haven't got it up yet, so I'm not giving you the answer away. Who can tell me who we read of in Genesis chapter 6? After God saw the wickedness of man, that it was great on the earth, who did God see then? <laughs> I have to be very careful here. Choose now. Do you know who it was? Noah. He saw Noah. Well done. I don't think I could reach down that far. So I'll come down a wee bit. Well done. Noah. He saw Noah. And boys and girls, the Bible tells us that Noah found grace, or he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. It means that Noah was loved by God because he was obedient to God. Because, God, or because Noah was obedient to God, God loved him, and therefore he found grace. He found that favor in his eyes. I wonder, boys and girls, I wonder even mums and dads, do you love God? Have you found grace with God? Do you believe in him as Noah did? Because Noah was faithful to God. And because Noah was faithful to God, God was going to be faithful to Noah. And he was going to protect his family. Can anyone tell me, I've given you the answer there, but I'll maybe just take it away for a wee second. Can anyone tell me how Noah and his family were going to be protected? from this judgment that was going to come. Yeah. By the ark. Yes, by the ark. There we go. I'm quickly running out of money here. Come on up. Well done. Now, if at any point I bring up a child that has already got a pound, everyone shout at me and let me know, all right, because I'm very forgetful. My wife will tell you the very same thing. So the ark was what was going to protect Noah and his family. And so Noah, when he started to build this ark, you know what the best part about it was, boys and girls? He didn't have the plans. Noah didn't come up with the plans in his mind. He didn't have to start and think about all of the uh, maths that he would have to figure out for getting big chunks of wood up onto the ark and trying to build it all up. He didn't have to go through the plans and make it himself. God told Noah exactly how to build the ark. Told him exactly how to build that ark. All right. So when he was given those plans, no one knew exactly what he was doing. Now, has anyone ever helped their mom and dad build something? Do you ever, yeah, you sometimes help your mom and dad build anything? Maybe furniture from Ikea. Always fun to build up furniture, isn't it? Uh, maybe it's Lego that you like to build when you're playing at home. wonder, do you ever listen to the instructions? Hmm? Or does your mum and dad ever listen to the instructions? Have you just got a wonky cabinet sitting in the living room because mum and dad didn't listen to the instructions? Or maybe dad in particular didn't listen to the instructions? We have a wonky cabinet in our living room. And I'll tell you, it wasn't me that put it up. And I remind my wife every week that it's a very wonky cabinet. It sort of just moves there about. Because she didn't look at the instructions. I have a nephew. When we were building Lego together, he never looked at the instructions. He always came up with his own designs. But Noah, he didn't have to come up with his own designs because God showed Noah how to build this ark. Told him exactly how it was to be built and how it was to be designed. And so Noah obeyed God. He built the ark exactly as he was told. And the Bible tells us that this ark had only one door. One door. Boys and girls, the Bible tells us that if we are to be saved from our sin then there is only one door as well. 
John chapter 10 verse 9 says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Jesus Christ is the only door to heaven. That's why the ark points us to Jesus. He is the only one who can save us from our sins. And that is the truth. There's no other way to heaven but through the door, Jesus Christ. And so God told Noah to get his family all together once they had built the ark. He told them to get their supplies, to get into the ark, to bring them all in together. Now who can tell me, and this is for another pound, how many people got onto the ark? If you can remember from the song that you sang this morning. Yes, I don't think I've asked you. Eight. Only eight were saved. So there was Noah. Yep, come on up. There was Noah, his wife, his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives as well. Thank you. And they all gathered into the ark. But not only did Noah and his family go into the ark, but what else were there in the ark? What else came to the ark? Yeah. Two of every kind of animal. Very good. That is the exact answer I was looking for. Two of every kind of animal. You're very welcome. So, boys and girls, do you think that Noah went out and got his bit of blue alka-themed pipe and just started rounding up all of the animals? Do you think that he had to go out and herd them all into the ark? No. Boys and girls, the animals, and it's something that I never really thought of whenever I was a child, the animals didn't have to be herded in. God brought the animals to the ark. God brought two of every sort to come to the ark. And that shows us that God would call the animals. And can you imagine the faces of all the people that were around the ark at that time? They were all watching, all standing by, as all of these animals just began to gather into the ark. I'm sure it was a strange sight for them, but God, he called them animals in. And now the Bible tells us that once Adam and Eve, or once Noah and his wife and all of his children and their spouses were all in the ark, does anyone know what happened next? The door, it shut. The door shut. And who was it that shut the door? It was God. God shut the door. Now, can anyone tell me How many years did Noah preach for? Does anyone know what the Bible tells us? How many years Noah preached for? Do you know? Nope, not 40, but I can can see where you're coming from with that. The 40 comes a wee bit later in our story. Does anyone know how long Noah preached for? Do you know? One year? Nope. I'll tell you. I'll keep my money for this time. 120 years. 120 years. People lived a lot longer back then. And can you imagine, boys and girls, or can anyone here imagine, if you were preaching for 120 years, and you didn't see anything happen, you didn't see anyone come to you and ask, how can I get right with God? Would that not be a real discouragement? But the Bible tells us that Noah was faithful. He was faithful and he preached for 120 years. But after 120 years, all the people did, because of their sin and wickedness, all they did was laugh at Noah. Not one person listened to Noah. And so now that the door was shut, the rain started to fall, what do you think that they wanted to do? They immediately wanted to listen to Noah. Sorry, Noah, you were right. Of course we'll listen to you now. 
But we haven't listened for the past 120 years. But now the door was shut, the rain was coming down, and the world was being judged for their disobedience and for their sin against God. And so the flood came upon the world, and the rain came down for 40 days and 40 nights. This is where we get the 40 from in our lesson this evening. And who can remember, who can tell me again, what does the number 40 signify? We talked about it this morning. What's it symbolize? You know? Temptation, and there's another T word as well. It's a bit of a shorter word. Do you know which, what it, word it is? No? That's okay. Temptation's pretty good. Temptation and trial. Yep, you can come on up. Temptation and trial. And the 40 days and the 40 nights was the trial that the world was put through. The floods of the deep, boys and girls, it says they broke open. Water came from above and from below the surface of the earth. And it began to fill the world. And these 40 days of the flood starting to build and build, they were a time of testing for the ark. And altogether, the Bible says that Noah and his family were in the ark for 150 days. 150 days. Who can remember being in lockdown during COVID? Can you remember that time? Yeah. Do you know how long that was? That was about 150 days. First lockdown, I think, if I'm not mistaken. 150 days. Very similar to that. They were locked up in this ark for 150 days. Boys and girls, the ark has a very important lesson for us. Mums and dads, it has a very important lesson for us all, not just for the younger. The ark is a picture of Jesus Christ. It represents Jesus. Just agree with me here or disagree with me. Was Noah and his family safe in the ark? Yeah, they were safe in the ark. Of course, the flood was rising, the waters were rising. If they were outside of the ark, they would have been lost. They wouldn't have survived. Did the ark save his family from that global flood, that massive catastrophe? Yes, it did. And if we trust in Jesus Christ... He saves us from an even greater catastrophe. That is eternal judgment. That awful place called hell. Because of our sin, because we have all sinned, we will one day go there to be punished for our sin. But that is why the ark is a wonderful picture of Jesus. Because if we are in him, if we have trusted in him, if we have what I like to call the two T's of the gospel, if we have turned from our sin and trusted in Jesus Christ, then we can be safe in Jesus Christ, God's ark in the day of judgment. He died on the cross to save us from that judgment. And so Jesus Christ, or the ark is a picture of Jesus Christ. And so once the rain had, started, had stopped and they were on the waters for those 150 days, they landed on Mount Ararat. And Noah, he sent out two birds. Can anyone tell me the name of these two birds that were sent out? Can anyone tell me? Yes. Dove and a raven. Well done. A dove and a raven. These two birds were sent out. And they were sent out to see how far the waters had come down. Noah sent these birds out to see of the water and how much of it was still over the world. And the dove was the only bird that came back. And Noah had sent it out a second time and it returned with a little branch, a little twig in its mouth. And that showed Noah that the waters had come down to a level that they could come out of the ark once again. 
And so Noah and his family, they began to lead all of the animals out of the ark onto the dry ground again. And the first thing that they did, boys and girls, the first thing that they did wasn't, they didn't jump out and think, oh, it's wonderful to have a bit of this fresh air again, or it's nice to feel dry land again. I'm sure they were starting to feel a bit sick on the ark. You know, when you're on a boat for a little bit of time and you start to sway back and forth, you feel a wee bit dizzy, you feel a wee bit sick. I'm sure they were glad to be on dry land. The Bible says that the first thing that they did was that they offered thanks to God and they made a sacrifice to him for his protection. They thanked God for protecting them through that global flood. God had helped Noah and his family escape the flood and because of that, they they praised God Noah and all of his family. Boys and girls, there was something very special that happened that day. The first rainbow appeared in the sky after that flood. The first rainbow appeared and it tells us that it was something very special. Does anyone know why the rainbow was so special? It was something beginning with P. Do you know? It was God's promise. I haven't asked you before, have I? No, that's all right. Just getting worried there. Sorry, you get the 250Ps. That was the last that I had in the car. (laughs) Well done. Boys and girls, the rainbow was so significant because it was God's promise. God's promise that he would never flood the world again. His promise that he would never destroy the world again with a global flood. God has been faithful to that promise ever since. There has never been a flood or a catastrophe that has wiped out the entire world. So God has been, promised, has been faithful to that promise ever since. Boys and girls, the Bible, this word of God, it's full of promises. And promises in particular to do with our salvation. That whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible promises us that if we believe on him, if we have faith in Jesus Christ... He will redeem us. He will buy us back from sin. And so if you have never trusted in Jesus Christ, I wonder tonight, boys and girls, and mums and dads, I ask you as well, what's holding you back from coming to him? Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from your sin. He died on the cross to save you from an even greater catastrophe than a global flood. He came to save you from eternal destruction in hell. He died on the cross so that you did not have to bear that punishment one day. And so I wonder, as we say about the two T's of the gospel, will you turn from your sin tonight? All of those wrong things that you do against God, all of those times that you disobey Him, will you repent and turn from them and place your faith and trust tonight in Jesus Christ? You can be safe from that eternal judgment, that eternal judgment that is a picture here in the flood. You can be safe in the ark, in Jesus Christ, if you will place your faith in him tonight. I wonder, will you do that? Will you know Jesus as your saviour tonight? As we've said, the Bible has many, many different promises. The Bible promises all that come to him, he will in no wise cast out. He has promised that if you come to him, he will not turn you away but he will accept you into his family, accept you into his ark in Jesus Christ so that you can be safe from an eternal destruction in hell. If you want to know more about how you can become a Christian, how you can get saved, 
we will be more than happy to show you from the Bible and show you how you can be saved, how you can place your faith in Christ. But boys and girls, mums and dads, do not leave it too long. 120 years, yes, this church might get there one day. It might get to that 120 years of preaching, and we pray that it will. But the important thing is that we know that we are saved. That we do not ignore what God has said. One day there will be a day of reckoning. A judgment that will come. And we must all be ready. The Bible says that we all one day will give an account to God. And I wonder on that day what will you say before him. You won't have any excuse. You have perhaps sat under these meetings time and time again. You've heard the gospel. You know who Jesus Christ is. That he is the only saviour for your soul. But on that day when Jesus returns, you'll not have anything to say before him. You'll be speechless. And I pray that on that day, you'll be able to say that Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has paid my debt of sin. And I owe everything to him. He is my saviour and he is my king. And he is my righteousness. I pray that you will all know that Jesus Christ is your saviour this evening. And that you'll place your faith and trust in him.